wonderful this morning i'm going to share a, a very controversial subject for some of you it may be a little bit of a, a heavy hearted uh, message but before that i have a very brand new joke as usual uh, let me read it to you a drunk man who smelled like beer sat down on the subway seat in the train next to a priest and the man was stained his face was plastered with red lipstick and a half empty bottle of gin was sticking out of his torn coat pocket he opened his newspaper and began reading a few minutes later the man turned to the priest and asked father what causes arthritis and the father said my son it caused by loose living being with cheap wicked women too much alcohol and a contempt for your fellow men well i will be damned the drunk muttered returning back to his newspaper the priest thinking about what he said nudged the man apologized and he said i am very sorry i didn't mean to come so strong how long have you had arthritis and this drunk man said i don't have it father but i was just reading here that the pope has okay lift up your bible and say this after me lord jesus influence me this morning holy spirit i pray that you will speak to your children i pray that you will have total control over my lips when i share it won't be just me talking that you will use me to bring your fruit the life of christ in the hearts and minds of my brothers and sisters we thank you and all god's people say amen okay this morning i want to talk about the most misused gift in the body of christ the most misused gift in the body of christ and and this is what in my understanding this is the most misused gift it's the gift of prophecy okay and uh, there are good things happened i i believe god uses me in the area of prophecy we have my sister roshni god uses her in the gift of prophecy and i believe we shared about last week the fivefold ministry the apostles prophets evangelists pastors and teachers in ephesians 4 we know that these are the essence of the church to build so in the midst of all of these uh, there is one area the prophetic call is something misused and i have heard people come to me and said i am not into prophecy i am just into the word why because i was abused by the word prophecy and sometimes there is a extreme tendency to go for prophecy people run after prophecy and they will say oh this is what the prophet said this is what the prophet said let me tell you a light hearted story i lived as a missionary in south africa and uh, this uh, uh, this particular base i worked with uh, they had the boys dorm and the girls dorm and this one particular guy he went to three different girls and he says thus says the lord you will be my wife and this girls they have dorm prayer meeting every night and and this girls they were saying hey somebody proposed to me yeah tonight and me too yeah and me too and then they figured out it was the same guy who proposed to three different girls and i tell you on the name of the lord there's a lot of damage has happened so i want to talk a little bit about prophecy why it is important why i as a person a follower of jesus embrace why we believe as a, a community of papa's house we embrace this gift but with a caution based on the word that's what we're going to dig next 30 minutes are you ready to go for it so this is what i wrote down gifts are not earned but is given by god 
gifts are not skills that we learn by doing and practicing over and over. And this is what I wrote again. This Reynard Bonke said, gifts are not medals of honor but tools for job. So in other words, the skill is different. Gifts are given. Skill is like a development. You, you practice guitar, you practice drums, you can develop your skill. But the gift is given. And in the body of Christ, God gives plenty of gifts. The five gifts, what I told is the office gifts. That's in Ephesians 4. But then he give gifts to the body. That's in the next slide. If you see the next slide, the gifts are given predominantly in 1 Corinthians 12, 8 to 10. You will find uh, nine particular gifts. And these particular gifts are called charismatic gifts. Can everybody say charismatic gifts? charismatic gifts and this is what it goes like wisdom knowledge discernment prophecy tongues interpretation faith healing and miracles and churches have highlighted these gifts but not the another category which is called practical gifts that's on the next slide which i wrote down as motivational gifts and these gifts have seven gifts service exhortation giving leadership mercy help administration you know, say for example, the little bit I know about Manath, she has a gift of service. That's in her. It's like she will automatically take leadership and fix that problem. It's in her. It's inbuilt. But in the church, seldomly we celebrate those gifts. We celebrate the spiritual gifts. We call it spiritual gifts, but actually everything is spiritual gifts. You, you hear my point, what I'm trying to say? So you have the charismatic gifts, which is wisdom, knowledge, discernment. Discernment is different from suspicion. Hello? Discernment is based and rooted in love. Suspicion is based and rooted in fear. Discernment looks at the gold in the dust. Suspicion looks only the dust and ignores the gold. So... The motivational gifts are the service, exhortation, giving leadership. Leadership or the visionaries. Administrations or the managers. You need both to run any ministry. Hello? So in the church, we tend to highlight one of those and ignore the others. But a balanced body should be able to embrace all of this. So we, out of all the 16 gifts, we're going to highlight only one, which is prophecy. Okay? We're going to highlight and talk about only one. This is what I wrote down. In the next slide, you will see the difference between the Old Testament prophets and the New Testament prophets. Because a lot of people in this today's day and age live like an Old Testament prophet. The Old Testament prophets had a different worldview, a different way of doing things. This is what I wrote down. God was with them and His Spirit came upon them. Old Testament prophets. That's what happened. God was with them. He was not in them. But in the New Testament prophets, the Spirit was not only was with them, but He dwells in them. It's a big difference because Samson, Spirit of God, came upon him. He did mighty works. Hello? But then he was with his girlfriend, sleeping around. And the enemy said, Oh, your enemies are coming. He took the door of his city and he walked out. So we don't have that same scenario in the New Testament. The Holy Spirit is not looking for someone to use him, but someone he can come and land and dwell so that he can manifest his presence. 
Look at the second slide. It's like this. They delivered mostly the upcoming judgment of God. So people can repent. Jonah goes up and says, 40 days time, Vellur is going to be wiped out. That's what he, Jonah did. Nineveh is going to be wiped out. 40 days time. So, but if you look at the New Testament, 1 Corinthians 14, it says, they brought strength, comfort and encouragement. These are the three things. Strength, comfort and encouragement. So they built up the body of Christ. They didn't come here to say, you will die. Hello, I have seen a lot of television ministers, they say, this is what the prophet said. And then they will show a destruction, natural calamity. This is what the prophet said on this time and this is what happened and then bank details. Bless the prophet. <laughs> Hello. Beware of those false prophets. They are not after your soul. They are after your pockets. I'm preaching good. Say amen. amen. See, the, you have to really realize this. So the New Testament prophet is not to predict calamity. is to say that God wants you to be out of the calamity. Amen? So this is what they did. Look at the third slide. The spirit came and took control. Example, Samson, Saul. Saul was a, you know, he was a kind of a bozo. He was, he was above everybody. He was tall and, you know, when, they, when they, Samuel wants to anoint Saul, he was hiding behind, you know, luggages. And, and this guy, Saul, suddenly got filled with the Holy Spirit and he started speaking and prophesying and people are looking, hey, is this guy we know or he's also a prophet? So that's in the Old Testament. But in the New Testament, it's so beautiful, it says in Revelation, the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. That means you can't say, I'm out of control, brother. Hello? We have to have the word to teach the word. Amen? So people say, I'm out of control. I just did it. No, 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 no. The spirit of prophet is subject to the prophet. What is the spirit of prophet? Jesus. Jesus is becoming your guiding star. I mean, last but not the least, prophets were divinely ordained by God to deliver a particular message. That's what it is. In the Old Testament, God can choose anybody. He chose even a donkey. You remember the story? He chose a donkey. Is, can you imagine having a conversation with a donkey? Imagine that you're having a conversation. You want to go in somewhere, your car, but your car is talking back to you. Except the car's movie, which I like, my son, everybody likes. No other car talks back to you. Imagine your car is talking back to you. I don't think it's nice to go. This guy is having a conversation. But that's the Old Testament. But in the New Testament, God calls the church to walk in the prophetic gifting. That means it's you and me. And I will teach you this morning, we will share how to be prophetic. It's very easy. This is what I wrote down. But before you get there, I just want to lay some groundwork. Is it okay? Okay, this is what I wrote down. Prophecy is not natural. Prophecy is supernatural. Say this after me. Prophecy is not natural. Prophecy is supernatural. But prophecy happens Naturally supernatural. Amen. Prophecy happens naturally supernatural. Now, what does that mean? That means he uses our fragility 
he uses our weaknesses he comes down to our level and delivers the message in the package that we can understand amen it's very important to understand this you don't have to be a prophet to be prophetic everyone can be prophetic everyone can prophesy this is the deal about the new testament the new testament it's like the holy spirit doesn't come and go the holy spirit came and remained who is holy spirit the spirit of jesus who is jesus reveals the love of the father so father son and the holy spirit works together father created son redeemed holy spirit dwells in us amen so the word prophetic sometimes people are like very scary oh i'm going to see this prophet or oh, are you a prophet we no need to have a prophet i don't use titles prophet charles in fact when you use titles you are actually holding on title to define who you are hello amen you don't need a title jesus never was called pastor jesus apostle jesus right reverend jesus left reverend jesus never somebody went and said good master who told you i am good only father is good he didn't even take that to himself hello if we are followers of jesus we have to learn something from this precious person okay this is what i wrote down first thessalonians 5 19 to 21 is from the english standard version says like this do not quench the spirit do not despise prophecies paul is writing to the thessalonican church thessalonian church were the pagan church they were pagan people they came to know the lord they're gentiles they came to know the lord but they had a lot of other gods and everything you know but then paul is writing and he's encouraging them he's saying but test everything hold fast what is good so there is a church who takes prophecy for everything you know if the tree moves a little harder oh the lord is speaking to me there is another kind of church who says nothing brother just the word that's why it's either frozen popsicles or holy rollers we have churches divided but i believe that we can bring us into a place where we can understand the word do not despise what is despise ah. you know in tamil they say cheapo you know there is a word in tamil they say cheapo you know that's like that's that's the word that's basically saying i don't want to listen you know when you when you kick a dog out of the house you don't go and say mr dog i'm taking the car out would you please move or i no you say hey that's it right no how you do i don't know i this is what i do i don't go to the dog and say excuse me i need to go to church can you move i say hey if it doesn't move you bend somehow our indian dogs are trained just a little action like this they will move that's exactly the word despise that means you don't pay so much respect to that bible says do not despise prophecies test everything hold fast to what is good so how do you test prophecy okay this is what i wrote down through the gift of discernment not suspicion hello and this is where i will dwell another 2 3 minutes before we jump into the main subject discernment is rooted in love suspicion is rooted in fear discernment focuses on gold in the dust suspicion focus on dust and ignore the gold this is what people do the suspicion be careful ah he will always do something be careful in you know, a tamil especially the south indians we have this amazing word 
be careful you might have heard that the one thing that you will get freely in india is what advice yes you look like so foreign to me is it true you've received free advice yes this is the thing that's what discernment discernment is rooted in love what is love pure love cast out all fear suspicion is based on fear that means the first impression is not i'm looking at gold i'm first impression is all the mess 1 john 4:1 says beloved do not believe every spirit i'm reading from the amplified speaking through a self proclaimed prophet instead test the spirits to see whether they are from god because many false prophets and teachers have gone out into the world so this leads me to the final part of the message how do we test prophecy i have written down seven simple ways it's so easy to test if you find this it's easy to test and easy you can also walk in prophetic way because this simple test will help you that you won't also mess up you when you prophesy to someone amen the first one does it glorify yeshua it's very simple any prophecy that doesn't bring glory to jesus hello if somebody comes to you you're already married but they are saying god is going to give you a new wife hello i heard this literally i'm not exaggerating i heard one person said he's been married for 25 years he said the lord spoke to me to leave my wife and marry this girl who is younger than his daughter hello is it glorifying jesus no it's very simple hello so just you know somebody says oh trisha will be your wife it's it's not going to happen it's you you have to get this thing inside you know does it glorify jesus it's very simple number 2 does it agree with the scriptures does it agree with the scriptures in other words the word that's spoken out and the word that is written will never contradict hello what you read here is written it's written in evitable in unbroken incorruptible word of god eternal word of god this word of god will never contradict with your spoken word in other words this word will never contradict with your feelings people sometimes say i feel this way well how many of you set an alarm this morning to wake up yes i got a set up an alarm at 5 o'clock i never had the feeling to switch it off immediately why because i had another feeling snooze 10 more minutes anybody 10 more minutes then you wake up after one and a half hours that's why thank god for fair and lovely suddenly you fix it and you came out you put up this ignorant look <laughs> Anyway so does it agree with the scriptures will of god is made clear through the word and is still small voice and is church godly counsel see how do you find out the will of god people say i don't know the will of god it's in the scripture still small voice not the loudest voice the loudest voice usually are the demon take the donut it's the sixth donut you are eating take it it's not the still small voice hello and then it come it confirmed by the godly councils that's the church that's why you can never do church alone hello 
You need one another. Look at someone. I need you. Look at someone, please. Next, healed in Jesus' name. I need you. You need me. Look into their eyes and say, I need you. You need me. That's why you do church. That's how you learn the will of God. You learn the will of God not just by wide counsels. First from the word. Second from the in smaller voice. Third, it confirmed by the godly counsel. We do everything ulta. We go on first, we agree with somebody. We look for someone. I have this feeling. What do you think? Yeah, me too. I've been feeling the same thing. And then we come and say, this is what we heard. And then we try to look for scriptures that can match. Hello? I'm not saying you're doing this. You look very holy to me. You know? So, third one. Is it bringing closer to God or taking me far away from God? Any prophecy that doesn't bring you closer to Jesus, it's not a prophecy from the Lord. Hello? Sometimes people say, well, brother, this girl, she's not a Christian, but she wants to come to church. I like her. You know, when I was a teenage girl, I, I dated one Hindu girl, and she would send me a love letter, Om Sri Raghavendra Namaga slash Jesus loves you. And she would say, I could never take this Raghavendra. She would have this dollar sign. And she would say, I could never take out this Raghavendra away from me. But I also have the cross. I believed that junk. One guy was talking to a pastor and the pastor said, why don't you pray and come to church? No, my wife is praying. My wife will take me to heaven. At least by grabbing my hair and take me to heaven. Three years down the road, he became bald. So the pastor asked him, now how it's going to be? It's going to be very slippery. <laughs> it's going to be very slippery. You see, this is what we try to do. We try to say, oh, if this is not bringing closer to God, I will try to bring closer to God. You can never do that. Prophecy, if it's not bringing you closer to Jesus, how do you know if it is not bringing closer to Jesus? The peace will leave. Hello? That's what the voice says in John 14. My peace I have given to you. Not the world gives. Amen. Fourth one. Is it bringing bondage or condemnation or liberty or freedom? Is it bringing condom? Sometimes people say, if you don't tithe, brother, this particular present, if you don't give it to this ministry, the Lord is going to meet you. That's why we don't take an offering time. We leave it there. Why? Bible says, God loves a cheerful giver. And let me tell you, we've been running the church for two years. My sister Roshni is there almost for two years with us. We never lacked anything. He's been faithful. There were times it was so close. I don't know how we're going to make it. But never, not once in debt. He's faithful. Why? He loves cheerful. It's better to give than to receive. That is the that is the motive, that is the motto of the kickboxing. <laughs> you know, it's better to give than to receive. Anyway, so is it bringing bondage or condemnation? So if there is any prophecy that comes as a condemnation, why condemnation? Condemnation focus on your past. Conviction focus on your future. Condemnation tells you how bad you are. Conviction tells you how good God is. Condemnation tells you what you messed up. 
Conviction tells you what can God fix it right. It's a big difference. But we live in a body of Christ kind of messed up. So many people live in the condemnative message and they say, because of the prophecy I have to do this. No liberty. You know? No manipulation. That's why we don't manipulate people. Do this, do this, give this. If you give this to the house of the Lord, your watts will be banned, with, filled with wine. And You know, you don't even drink wine. Why should I prophesy you'll have wine? But that's a spiritual manipulation. A lot of manipulation has... We believe if you give, we read that, we prophesy. You give, it's for your good. You give, it's like buying an insurance package. When you give to God, you give an insurance for God and he protects it. You will have troubles, but he will help you overcome. Amen. Number five, is it confirming already what is doing, speaking in your life? That's prophecy. That's why when I prophesy to people, God uses me in prophecy. I always say, I feel the Lord says. Hello? I don't say, thus says the Lord. Why? Because if I say, thus says the Lord, God and you are extremes. His word, incorruptible. Your word, fully corrupted. Hello? We can never match God. So when I say, thus says the Lord, you can never even judge God. But I, if I say, I feel the Lord says, what I am giving you, is the permission to test because you have a spirit in you. Hello? As a Bible-believing Christian, you have a spirit in you. So that spirit, that's what Romans 8 says, my spirit is witnessing and says, yeah, yeah, that is true. Then people say, yes, makes sense. Sometimes they cry, sometimes they burst forth in laughter, sometimes they are excited. Hello? And I'll tell you how, how we can prophesy in a few minutes, but this is the... You know, the last point I wrote down here. If it doesn't make sense, this is very important. If it doesn't make sense, put it on the shelf and let it fulfill at the right time. In other words, don't run after prophecy, the gift. Run after the giver of the gifts, Christ. People sometimes say, I, this prophecy came, brother. I came to fulfill this. I came to run this. No, you don't need to. Put it in the altar. There are some prophecies people gave me. It doesn't make sense. One guy called me when I was ministering in Bangalore. He found out. That's one of the reasons I don't put where I'm going on Facebook. So he gave me a message. Oh, are you in Bangalore? Yeah, I'm in Bangalore. I have a word from the Lord for you. I said, okay. You pay, I will listen. So he took me to coffee day. And he said, you will be gone. In two years, you will leave this place. It's been five years. I'm sitting in the same place. Sometimes it doesn't make sense. Hello? I leave it in the altar and say, God, this word, if it is you, you will do it. No need to say, that's a bad word. He's got a demon. Maybe he's part of, you know, don't try to create a theology out of that. Just, that's it. It doesn't make sense. That's it. The last but not the least. This is the seventh one. And I want to share with you how to prophecy. Okay? How are the fruits who give prophecy? In other words, Check out this guy's life. You know, my greatest compliment is not here. This 40 minutes you see me every week, if you come regularly. You know, no condemnation, okay? This is the maximum you will see. Who sees me regularly? My wife, Mary John. And if I am a mess there, I am a big fat zero in front of you. Hello? 
So you have to check out the fruit. Don't just say, this guy has got four titles before his name, six titles after his name. That's not going to cut it. You don't go and say, right reverend has come to heaven. Hello? Title's not going to cut it. Ministry is not going to cut it. Are you living the talk? And I tell you, as I'm talking, I have the fear of the Lord that not many times, sometimes I blow it up. That's why I have accountability partners with us to help me grow because we are not supermen. Hello? In the kingdom, there are not supermen. The only difference between a superman and an ordinary man that I know is superman wears the pants first and then the underwears. The ordinary man does it regularly. You know, so in the kingdom, there are no supermans. So I understand it's important that you check out this guy's fruit. Amen? This is the seven simple way to test prophecy. Turn with me to Revelations 19.10. It says, For the spirit of prophecy who bears the testimony of Jesus. I'm going to read from the Amplified one the same verse. It's Listen to this or up on the screen. For the substance or the essence of truth. Who is truth? Jesus. Revealed by Jesus is the spirit of prophecy, the vital breath, the inspiration of all inspired preaching and the interpretation of divine will and purpose including both mine and yours. That's what means prophecy. It brings you from Jesus a word and it delivers you the word so that you can come closer to Jesus. In simple terms, prophecy means God visited your future. Say for example, you are here. You need to arrive here. You don't know how to arrive here. But God knows. But he takes a word that from here and he brings it to your level so that you can get encouraged and move closer to the destiny that he has ordained. Not you. Not like, oh Lord, I have my ways. This girl, this guy, this work. I need this. No, 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 no. Christ destiny. And the greatest destiny is not any gifts or material. The greatest destiny is Christ himself. I know it's very hard for some of us to get it, but it's challenging. This is the greatest gift. This year when we started, the Holy Spirit said one verse from Isaiah 65, 18. He said, look ahead with joy anticipate in what I am creating. And I misinterpreted wrongly. I, I thought he's creating ministry and this and this, but the greatest thing he's creating in us is Christ. And he's saying, that's what I want you to look ahead. Not the material blessings, not the open doors, not the new nations. All those things, yes, it's beautiful, it's good. But the greatest gift is Christ. Amen. So, Prophecy, this is what it can be. So how do I know if this is a prophecy? How can I prophecy? This is what happens. Prophecy can be a word from the Bible. You know, two weeks ago we prayed for one precious couple who went to missionaries. You know, I have no clue. They are going to go. We were there. My sister Roshni also was there. She was prophesying. Captives will be free. Captives, you remember? Sunil, for Sunil. Captives. And before she said, I had this word, Isaiah 61. I had no clue. And I felt the word captive. Shackles are going to be broken. It could be a word. Okay? Prophecy can be a picture that you have regarding a person. Prophecy can be a dream. My wife gets prophetic dreams. I, when I dream, I dream about barbecue and pizza. That's my anointing. 
So I don't get, brother, what was your dream? Don't ask my dream. Ask my wife's dream. Suddenly she wakes up. Day before yesterday, she woke up from a dream for a particular person. And she said, it's okay that you can say no to. That's it. I got this dream and she wrote that person was crying and wrote a big long email saying, this is what I'm going through. So God uses everything. God for me uses a picture or a word. For my wife, God uses a dream. You know, prophecy can be a song over a situation. Suddenly you can, you bubble and sing a joy, a joyful song. Suddenly a song. The goal of prophecy, this is what is important. The goal of prophecy is to build the person up in Christ, never to be boastful. Not to say, I prophesied. You know, I prophesied that people, they were, they were barren. I prophesied babies came. I prophesied money came. I prophesied promotion came. No, 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 no. The goal is to build up the person in Christ. That's what John said. That I may decrease, he may increase. Hello? Are you there? Amen? So, this leads me to the final part. How to bring a prophecy to a person. We're going to do this. This sword we're gonna we're gonna apply. We're not gonna just say, Oh, I took a lot of notes. Now I know about prophecy. No, no, no. We're gonna stop, have a ministry time, we're gonna find somebody, we're gonna prophesy one another. It could be a dream, it could be a word, it could be a picture, it could be anything. God can speak to someone. Amen. The war goal is to build that person up. Amen. If you are sitting next to your single, don't say, I feel the Lord is saying, you know. Hold that thing. Keep your hormones in the freezer, okay? How to bring a prophecy to your person? First one. Don't need to say, thus says the Lord. You can just say, I feel, I, I don't know, man. I just get a picture. I don't know. If it makes sense, take it. Just be natural. Hello? You're so quiet. You're thinking, how am I going to prophesy now? Relax. Chillax. Number two. Just say, I feel the Lord says. That's it. I feel the Lord says. I feel, I feel I have a picture. I don't know. Makes sense. Just leave it there. You are just a postman. Hello? You all have postman in your place? Yes? He doesn't open the letter. Oh, Dr. Cheney, let me open it and read. Oh, this is not good. Let me keep it. Imagine if he does that. That postman is fired. Postman's job is to deliver. Say, I'm just a postman. Look at someone and say, I'm just a postman. I'm a doctor. You call me a postman? <laughs> Keep that ego away. Say this again. I'm just a postman. Okay? I'm here to deliver the message. Okay. Look at the third one. This is the beautiful thing. Don't add masala to it. Just keep it as the Lord told you. Sometimes people like to add masala. The Lord will say, you know, I see you on the mountain and the person might be going through a very deep valley time, beaten up. And if they see a picture of a man standing in the mountain, they will add masala. They will add like, this is a mountain, brother, there were trees. What else is going to be there in the mountain? Hmm? They will just keep on adding, adding stuff. They try to build up this guy because they know maybe after that the offering could be heavier, you know. Don't do those stuff. Please, just relax. Just don't add masala. Just say, you know what? This, what I, this picture comes, I don't know. I just want to share this to you. 
Make sense? People say, yeah, it makes sense. Can I pray with you? It's Papa, revealed to me. That's it. To encourage you, to move forward, to arrive to the destiny. What is the destiny? Christ being the life. Hello? Number four. If you made a mistake, repent, move on, but do not neglect. Sometimes people say, whenever I open my mouth, I always get it wrong. It's okay. May have got it wrong. Maybe, you know, I remember ministering in Germany. I prophesied to one guy. He was sitting just like two feet away from me. I prophesied to one guy. I asked him, does it make sense? He said, no. I'm like, oh, Lord Jesus. You know, Germans are very straightforward. No. I'm like, I don't know. I felt like suddenly somebody poured a bucket of cold water on me. And then everything was finished and I was sitting and eating and he said, can I join you for lunch? He said, yeah, come join. What do you want to tell me now? You know, <laughs> but it was my inner conversation. You know? But as he was eating, you know, he nudged me. I said, I want to tell you something. The prophecy you shared was 100% spot on. But I didn't want to agree with you because I didn't want to deal with that. I'm like, hey, this guy wants to say something. <laughs> but sometimes you don't know. The person may be not in the season to receive it. The person may be prideful. The person may be like, whatever, man. But you just deliver it. Don't take it. If it doesn't make sense, you messed up. Okay, repent. Say, Lord, tune me, tune me more, more, more. So that less masala, more original. Amen. And then move on. But do not neglect. This is what I wrote on. Let us build the church through this amazing gift of prophecy to one another. This is a gift, guys. If we nurture. And that's what we're going to do. We have a few more minutes five to seven minutes we have. We're going to grab someone and we're going to pray for one another. We're going to wait upon the Lord. God may give some of you a dream. You know, like for example, my sister Roshni, I have highlighted a couple of times in this message. It's her natural gift to prophecy. For her it will come immediately. For some of you, you've never nurtured this gift that is in you. For you, maybe it'll take two, three times, two, three minutes, it will come. But listen to the Lord. Do not Judge it. If I say this, what she's going to think? If I say this, what he's going to think? Don't worry about those things. You are just a postman. Imagine that you do that. You know, I remember dropping my wife in Cincinnati airport and, uh, and then I'm going back because she stayed with me for only 10 days and I have to continue my ministry. And as I dropped out of the airport, I, I was driving my friend's car. I drove out. I checked out this, this lady in the toll booth. I have to pay. And as I paid, I looked, the Holy Spirit said, say to her, she is not alone, the Lord is with her. It's kind of a generic word. So he said, ah man, what is this? It's not so specific. So I said, ma'am, I don't know if it's going to make sense. I feel the Lord wants to tell you, he's with you, you're not alone. She started crying, left that whole billing thing. She started turning around crying. She said, I'm living with my sister. My sister told me to vacate. I don't know where to go. Indian guy in Cincinnati. Why? Because postman is not important. The message is important. You don't know. Sometimes you are in the bus. Sometimes you are working. In the booth you may have some patient. More than the patient needs your medicine, they need to hear the rhema word out of your mouth. Hello? 
Yes or no? Sometimes when you open that, you know, open that wind gate of heaven and say, God, speak through me. Boom. One word. Amen. Amen. 